everybody, this is your old friend John DeLuna with another fine, fine episode of the RFC Minicast with me this week. An old friend, but a new guest to the Minicast, Alan, a.k.a. Waspinator, a.k.a. AKA Mousepad. Alan, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you, John? Good. I'm really good. Hey, Alan, when do you think was the first BotCon that we met? When was your first BotCon? My first one was 2002. Okay. That may have been my first one. I think 2001 was my first one. And have you missed one since? I have not missed one since. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm referring to uh, licensed conventions, including OTFCC. I did not attend the unlicensed BotCon. Uh, nor I. So I think our streak our streak is the same. I actually, uh, in that span, I've only missed one, and it was the 2007 one, which was probably the worst one for anybody to miss ever. Hmm, which one was that? That was the one like in Pawtucket or in Rhode Island. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good convention. I would imagine so. You should have been there. I should have been there. <laughs> Instead, uh, I forgot why I justified not going, but, but as my like makeup to myself, I went to San Diego Comic-Con that year. That is oh, not yeah. that is not a trip I would want to repeat like ever. Mm, ever. That's, yeah, I think about that sometimes. It seems like a good idea in concept, but it also seems like it's so crowded that you can't really have too much fun. You just end up standing in line the whole time. That's pretty much it. You pretty much nailed it. I would say that like in some way it's kind of a pilgrimage. Like I would like Right. I wouldn't tell you to not go, but it's definitely one of those things that it's like on your bucket list as a nerd. It's like <laughs> like once you've gone, you've gone, and you know, like, I will never want to return. Right. But it is a rite of passage. So, um, okay, so back to Transformers. So, Alan, we've known each other for well over a decade. Um, oh, boy. Can you imagine? We're old. <laughs> We're old, buddy. Hey, yes. when did you when did you start, like, collecting Transformers seriously or consciously how long ago has that been for you personally um it was early 1996 that i discovered uh the usenet group alt toys transformers i'm sure you remember that i do uh and for you kids out there that was a thing that happened before the web really became the major part of the internet oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) uh so i was a freshman in college and I stumbled across the group and uh you know I had had Transformers as a kid for you know a good 3 or 4 year streak and uh once I found you know somewhat mature people discussing Transformers again it sort of brought that childhood love back and uh at that time Beast Wars was brand new so I went out and bought the uh Optimus Primal versus Megatron Two pack, nice, and uh, and you never you know, stopped. Uh, pretty much. Wow. Okay. Nice. I think I was probably around. That was probably around the time I got back into the hobby as well. I, I think I got in maybe a, actually probably a, about a year, maybe a year and a half after that when Beast Wars was a little bit slightly more established. Right. Um. I also got in through ATT, and mm. um. Yeah, it was a trip. I, I know what really like fired me up as far as like collecting goes was the, the realization or the discovery of websites that sold the G one stuff, like the, mm. the vintage stuff. So like rug, right. rugby Starbase <laughs> and um, a couple other ones. For some reason, rugby's like stands out in my right. head, and specifically yeah, there like were, there were spe- a few of them out there. There were a few, but we're not we're not 
overstating like the word few, like literally, or maybe a handful. At <laughs> Half that a time. dozen. Yes, and they were all independent. This was yes. before before eBay became king. Oh yes, there was the, yeah, there was no greater like entity like managing these things for sure. It wasn't corporate at all. Um, and then specifically, I think what really like like got my imagination going as far as collecting again was the vintage like combiner teams. Mm-hmm. Like I never had as a kid Computron. I always wanted him. It was one of those toys where you would I, I would gawk at it in the catalog, and for whatever reason, I never got one. Right. But now, like, or well, at least at the time, it was like sixty bucks for like right. a loose Computron, and that was like mind blowing. Just realizing like that stuff was still around to to reobtain. You know right. what I mean? Like it wasn't just memories and like <clears throat> everything had turned to dust. At some point, it was like, no, like that, that stuff is still out there and people are still like trading it and selling it. It was really cool. Right. So, so did you, when you started collecting, um, uh, since you started with Beast Wars kind of a new, did you, did you concentrate on Beast Wars at first or did you start like kind of going back into G1 all at the same time? How did you like evolve as a collector? Um, started uh, buying Beast Wars. It took me a little time to get used to the uh, all plastic and, ball joints but once i realized their merits i was pretty hooked uh i spent you know i didn't i was a poor college kid at the time i didn't have a whole lot of extra money i uh bought a couple of uh older toys that uh interested me that i had missed the first time around i had you know quote unquote outgrown transformers and missed i bought a g2 big green tank megatron and a power master optimus prime nice choices yeah. So, over time, you start you start amassing Transformers. Um, at what point did you start displaying them? Was it right away, or was it kind of like over time? You it was kind of like all oh, oh well, I've got all these Transformers. What am I going to do with them? <laughs> how did how did you like start down the path of actually displaying? And how did you initially like display your your Transformers? You know, at first it was just sticking. I was you know living either in a dorm room or my parents' house, and just sticking them wherever there was space. Uh, after a couple of years, I got my first apartment, and I had an extra bedroom. And I started buying these uh, plastic shelving units from Walmart. Uh, they were pretty cheap, like 20 25 bucks each. And they were, Did they have like solid, like solid shelving, or was it grids, or what, what kind of shelving was it? Uh, it was... A solid piece on top of a grid, so it was lightweight but uh, solid, as long as you didn't accidentally bump it. (laughs) I know that fear. (laughs) If you bump it, then uh, things will go tumbling down. They weren't real steady, but they they were cheap and they were adequate. And uh, how did you, uh, did you display by, like, faction? Did you display by, like, line, collection, both? Ah... Boy, going that far back. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think I was, mm, it was, at the time, it was probably by line and faction, like keeping Maximals together, keeping Autobots together, etc. And uh, basically just shoving as many toys onto the shelf as I could. Um, about uh, About what time did you start to, like, evolve from or change your your methods of display was it when you moved to a new apartment or new location kind of outgrew the shelving like like when did you start experimenting with different ways to display and then actually and then we'll get to kind of talking about how you display currently okay well in the 
it was the end of 1999. I bought a house and, you know, for a couple of years, I kept the uh, plastic shelving, but I started to get a little more income and a little more sense of taste, I guess, a little sense of decor. And I uh, started thinking that these plastic shelves sitting in my living room were kind of tacky. So I started looking for alternatives. So what, you know, after looking around for a while, trying to find something nicer that was still affordable, what I uh, landed on, there was a store in town that sold unfinished uh, wooden furniture. So what I did, I bought a an unfinished bookcase, a nice, sturdy piece of furniture, mm-hmm. you know, plain wood, unfinished. Mm-hmm. I sanded it down, I painted it black, and I I bought some uh, glass door hinges. And these hinges are just a piece of metal with a couple of screws on them that you just tighten down carefully on the glass. And I mounted those hinges to the bookcases. I'm not a handy person, particularly. I managed to bang a few rocks together occasionally okay right (laughs) build a few transformer shelves yes but uh i i couldn't have built the whole bookcase i didn't have the skills i still don't or the tools Mm -hmm. but i managed to uh mount the hinges and put uh glass doors on the bookcase how many how many like well how many like doors are we talking about two just left and right okay all right okay Cool. And so how many, about how many uh, Transformers did that hold, do you, th- do you think? You oh, remember? probably a couple dozen. Yeah, gotcha. But it was really tasteful. Like, sound, that sounds like some like heavy-duty display uh, work there, right? I mean, that's right. certainly more substantial than, um, oh, like wire racks or the plastic racks that you were using. Right. Plus, the, you know, one thing I wanted to accomplish was to cut down on dust, Yes. I was so. going to ask you about that later in the show. We'll get to dusting for <laughs> sure. So now, uh, I, as, I, as, I, as I recall, in your, in your current house, you've kind of taken things to a little bit of a different level and certainly continued the idea of like more tasteful displays. So how do you display now, today? Now, I'm still using pretty much that technique. My uh, Over time, I bought, I, I, I should have counted, but I've got a couple dozen of those bookcases now in varying sizes after at some point the uh, store that I was buying them from closed and I couldn't find another source, but I had a uh, coworker here in Memphis that uh, was, he was, he does, he did uh, woodwork on the side. So he uh, basically replicated that design and built a few more for me. Cool. And is he still like available? Uh, he is currently not. He uh-huh. has moved to Idaho. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> uh, well, Alan, you're going to have to stop like collecting, clearly. Uh, clearly. It's the only way. It's the only option. Hey, what do you do as far as like lighting goes? Do you worry about that? Do you do anything regarding lighting, or is it just kind of however the room is lit? I, I do have lighting in each bookcase. What I have is fluorescent lights. Um, at the time I started... I was looking at different types of lighting, and I was afraid that halogen or incandescent would put off too much heat and start melting transformers. Uh, 
fluorescent lighting was what I settled on. The fluorescent light is not good for plastic. Oh, really? Uh, it can cause yellowing more so than other types of lighting. Oh, that's good to know. So basically what I do, and I still have fluorescent lights in them, but I mm-hmm. don't turn the lights on very often. Got it. <clears throat> do, they, do they do the job, though? Do they nicely light the toys? They do. And did I mention that uh, I use glass shelving so the light can filter down? Ah, okay. That's smart. That's smart. Um, I currently, for my for my displays right now, well, it's metal wire uh, shelving, but since it's um, since it's wire shelving, <clears throat> you can't really put toys directly on them. So what I've done is I, I've also bought separately these kind of laminated white um, slabs. They're they're for they're uh, they're for kind of like your your laminated shelving that's like made out of particle wood that kind of thing. But it's laminated, it's coated. Right. So, so I've taken those those white shelves and laid them across the black grid work of the uh, <clears throat> of the each one of the shelves. So now I have a solid surface, and that's kind of the technique that I've used right now. I do, I will say that's one of the things that that is kind of a flaw in my system is that it looks nice and it certainly is like scalable. And right. one one advantage I have is that all this stuff is like store bought. So, right. um, so you know, my guy's not moving to. Uh, Istanbul, but it also doesn't look like it's done by like anybody with a lot of artistry or craftsmanship. Right. Uh, one of the weaknesses I have with mine is it's not a closed environment, right. so they get dusty. Right. So, so uh, is your is your system pretty good at guarding against dust? It's pretty good. It's not, you know, there it, the glass isn't sealed, so there's a little space around the edges of the glass, but not a lot. So dusting is infrequent gotcha and and when you do you dust periodically uh, and if so how do you do that uh mostly only when i start rearranging toys i'll dust them when i'm uh you know moving around one thing i found is if you go to the makeup section at walmart you can buy little makeup brushes i don't know rouge brushes mm-hmm. that sort of thing and those are good for dusting small irregular surfaces that is a great tip. That is awesome. I will I will remember that. I'm writing that down. <laughs> I'm writing that down right now. Um, and I'm not kidding. Um, okay, so another a kind of nuance that some people have when they come to when it comes to action figures or transformers displays is risers. Mm-hmm. Do you use risers? Do you elevate any of yours? Uh, in some cases, yes. Uh, first of all, I one one of the uh, criteria for my shelving was adjustable shelving, and I see. Online, a lot of times, people go to Ikea and buy these glass display cases that look they look pretty nice and they're pretty inexpensive, but one thing they don't have is adjustable shelving. Mm. So, you know, there's potentially a lot of vertical space wasted there. For sure. So, you know, the cases I have all have adjustable shelving, so yeah. I don't waste much space there. And in the cases when I do want to use risers... Uh, if you go to Amazon, you can find clear plastic risers. They're used for store displays, jewelry, whatnot, and they're fairly inexpensive if you don't need a whole lot of them. Another that's another good tip. Yeah, especially the and the like the adjustable height of shelves I find is important. My that is one thing that my system does too have as well. And 
that really does become an issue when Hasbro kind of plays around with size classes. Oh, yeah. So, so like, um, well, like Titan Metroplex was like, <laughs> that was like, I'm not displaying this in, in mm-hmm. any form. He's like five feet tall. <laughs> and I, uh, Devastator, same thing. My tallest toys I have out, uh, I've got in my uh, great room, I've got a vaulted ceiling. So I've got all the vertical space there I need. So I've got Metroplex and Fort Max and Brave Max are sitting on the uh, TV stand over my fireplace, which in my opinion is too high for a TV. <laughs> the TV's not there. <laughs> As they should be. They they should be on top of the uh, fireplace. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've got various other larger toys on top of my uh, kitchen cabinets. Yeah, I forgot to mention that, and this is great that that you you display you display more or less throughout the house at this point. Is that correct? I do. I I live alone, and I've got you know a fair amount of space in my house. I think that's great because because you found a way to kind of do it tastefully. I feel right. That's that was always my goal. I know. Um, I know a lot of us strive to accomplish what what you've accomplished but you've done it and actually one of the things that I that I wanted to talk to you about too is is I am I'm a stickler for scale. Now I know that that makes half the fandom cringe. Cuz what is scale? Well, my, my my internal like rules, my internal logic for scale is like big characters should be quote unquote big or quote right. whatever a big character is, they should have a right. big toy. Right. Uh, and then small, small, right? Right. So like Bumblebee should be small and Megatron and Optimus should be somewhat bigger than him, that kind of thing. Right. Um, so with your displays kind of throughout your house and kind of, and, and you, you know, expansive, this expansive kind of like experience, hmm. are you, are you a stickler for scale? I, I, it's definitely my preference that, you know, characters are relatively in scale with each other. Do you but, run into any, any? Do you run into, or have you run into any issues with that? Be it in a specific toy line or not, where you've kind of had to compromise your display or, or, or kind of think outside the box because the toys just weren't jiving with each other. Well, first and foremost, I try to purchase. You know, there was once a time when I was a completist and I tried to buy everything, but that got ridiculous. Uh, but now I try to purchase what I consider to be the best version of a character that I want. You know, there's various things to take into consideration. Size is one of those. A complexity, just appearance. Uh, especially with a line like the current Robots in Disguise line. Uh, there's, you know, yeah. characters at various size points. Yeah. Hey, um, another another thing I wanted to ask you about is we talked a little bit about artificial lighting, but uh, natural light can be kind of destructive too if it if you, there's too much of it. Have you taken any steps or uh, to avoid like direct sunlight or a lot of sunlight? Uh, is that an issue in your house? Uh, is that something that you kind of think about when you're displaying? What about sunlight? Uh, that is actually an issue. Uh, I last fall I decided to repaint my great room, which included taking down a lot of toys and moving the shelves around. And I discovered at that point, which I hadn't realized before, that uh, I had a couple of sections of toys that were actually pretty damaged from direct sunlight. Oh wow! Just from being displayed like over the last like years or two, few years, like recently. Past five years or so, yeah. just sitting there, uh, 
you know, partial direct sunlight. Uh, so, you know, I've got some alternators that, uh, like alternator, uh, Meister slash jazz is, uh, not the consistent pearly white that he used to be. He's <clears throat> various shades of white. And yellow. <laughs> All right. So that, that's, you know, it's a little disappointing, a little disheartening, but, uh, the, fact is they're plastic toys and they're not going to last forever and i kind of accept that that's true but uh to answer your question regarding light damage i what i've done i had a uh, professional company come out and tint my windows on that side of the house i didn't even know you could do that you can do that that's really cool that would actually come in handy for a lot I, i mean anybody who has like a sensitivity to sunlight maybe they already know about that but i didn't know about that that's cool yeah was that an expensive process, or did it seem pretty pretty fairly priced? Um, for a dozen or so windows, it cost me several hundred dollars. So it's a little bit pricey, but I was willing to do it. And plus, I've got hardwood floors that were starting to get faded, so mm. that was you know another consideration. Yeah. No, I mean that sounds for that many windows. That honestly, that averages out to sound like a pretty fair deal. And if you're handy more handy than I am. You can buy the tent and do it yourself mm. and save money. Mm. For sure. Do uh, it yourself is always cheaper, but not always yes. practical. Hey, to, uh, to close out the show, I did want to ask you about your opinions of, cause again, you and I have known each other for over a decade. We've been collecting for longer than that. Alan, we've been collecting for almost 20 years. Do you realize mm-hmm. that? That yeah. is true. Yeah. Think on that. Chew on that, buddy. Um, <laughs> what do you think of the, um, what are your impressions of the current two lines that are rocking along right now, Combiner Wars and Robots in Disguise? Are you collecting both? Is one of them really clicking with you? What do you think of the two lines? Uh, Robots in Disguise, I like the warrior class. I, I like a lot of the character designs. I really like the animalistic Decepticons. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed in some of the toys that are available You know, as... An adult collector, the one step and the three step don't really do it for me that much. Uh, I like the warrior class toys that I have. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been buying some of them. I'm a little, I, I wish there were like Voyager, versions of basically. The, yeah, basically larger, somewhat more complex and satisfying versions of some of the characters. Mm-hmm. As far as Combiner Wars go, I'm kind of all in <laughs> as i i did not i i had some combiners as a kid uh you know as as the years went on you know the beast wars combiners the uh energon combiners none of them really worked all that great to me they kind of fell apart or were excessive like the beast war like tripredicus is kind of excessively complicated and not much fun and the Energon combiners are nice in concept, but they kind of, the hands and feet kind of fall off and they're awkward <laughs> to pose. If you want to call them hands and feet. Yeah. I mean, I, I conceptually like the design of the Energon hands and feet because they're weapons that transform into mm-hmm. various claw and hand and feet type things. But, <laughs> you know, in, in practice, they kind of fell apart. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Combiner Wars, I've been really impressed with. The toys are really solid. The combiners are really solid. Hand-foot gun design is really solid, really cool, and it holds together, and the uh, combiners hold together. It's They're 
pretty poseable if you're careful about it. <laughs> it's a pretty rad. It's a pretty rad collection so far, don't you think? It is. They're very solid. I'm really impressed with them, and I'm 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 really liking them. Yeah, me too. Um, hey, Alan, this was an awesome conversation. We should really do it again. I really do appreciate you coming on to the minicast. Cool. I'm glad to do it anytime. And uh, before we go, everybody, I do want to remind you that this show and every other show on tfradio.net, every show that's part of the RFC network is sponsored by you. That is if you go to tfradio.net, click the Amazon link and do your regular Amazon shopping. You don't have to buy anything special. You don't have to buy anything more. But when you check out, uh, Brian gets a couple of nickels and dimes to keep the lights on. So we all appreciate that. So just go to tfradio.net, click on the Amazon link, shop on Amazon, and by doing that, you support us. So uh, until next time, this is John, and we will see you on the next RFC 